Welcome to Highland Football Weekly with Ian Auld. This week's podcast, we're welcoming a relatively newcomer to the Highlands, someone who's only been with us in the Highlands for the last couple of months, but he's had a colourful career elsewhere in the country, namely at Hamilton, Hearts and Hibs. It's James Keatings. James, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Yourself? Yeah, I'm... uh, Surviving lockdown, we were just talking off mic there, it's, um, as we record this, there's no news about when the championship comes back. How have you been coping uh, and dealing with uh, the last couple of weeks? Uh, I think uh, obviously the last couple of weeks have been uh, more frustrating, more, getting more bored and, and um, it's just hard to, to motivate yourself um, going forward when you don't know what's, um, when you're going back or what's actually happening obviously you keep reading about um, the two leagues like starting at different times and, and stuff like that but I think for most players we just kind of want a, a date where we're going to get back to training and, and um, when season and, and football's going to start back so for the last kind of two or three weeks it's been tough um, it's a bit of struggle We've spoken to a few of your teammates uh, in the last couple of weeks in fact I think we spoke to James Vincent the day he was on an ice cream run. I think you were part of that activity. Yeah. Callie Thistle were out handing ice cream to um, supporters via uh, a sponsor. They've The club have had a, a kit release in the last couple of weeks as well. Off, off-field activities are still taking place, but how have you kept in contact with your with your teammates and the rest of the squad during this outbreak? Has there been you know, WhatsApp groups, Zoom meetings, etc.? Yeah, we've got the WhatsApp group. Um, obviously, I've, I've spoke to uh, James Vincent quite a lot as well. Um, I've actually met up with him um, once or twice, and we've done a wee bit of training. Obviously, that distance, so mm-hmm. it's um, we, we've done a wee bit and, and stuff like that, just to keep ourselves kind of ticking over. And you know, the chat and um, the WhatsApp chat's kind of it's been quiet in certain days and stuff like that. But it's, the boys are still chatting away and and that. So it's we've, we're all kept in contact and. If it ends happening, obviously Carlo will put it in the chat and, and keep us updated as well. And I suppose you're like the rest of uh, the football fraternity, you're just desperate to to get a ball and, and get out there and play. Yeah, that's it, definitely, obviously. It's all, all most footballers know, so it's it's been it's been tough, obviously. Age of holiday at the end of the season, but this has been this has been ridiculous um, how long it's obviously you've been off for and um, it just puts the hunger back in you to be honest um, as well in a positive way um, they're desperate to go back and, and get the ball out and, and get amongst amongst the boys in the change room and it, um, it's made me realise how much it plays in my life football so it is Now we'll obviously talk about your your spell at Cali Thistle because you're, you signed for the club last summer later on in the podcast but the, the, well, the pandemic there was no ideal timing of course for something like that but it cut Cali Thistle off in full flow because they were obviously you guys were obviously pushing for a playoff spot behind Dundee United. Um, you were second and you were going along very nicely, and then obviously the you know the horrible the horrible pandemic happened, and as a result the the league has been called off. And as you say there, you, you touched on the hunger there. That that hunger will no doubt transform into next season, not only for yourself. But imagine John Robertson and the rest of the players will be looking to, you know, go again, um, as the old cliche says, and uh, and and try and, you know, right the wrongs from the end of last season. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, um, obviously the season finished. But if you look through the season, I think most boys will say we kind of shot ourselves in the foot. And um, throughout the season, I thought we could have been closer if we, we learned from our mistakes. But it was when Dundee United were were um, dropping points. Um, we were dropping them at the same time, and it kind of kind of happened too often. Um, but the squad we had and, and um, the change room and the, the backroom staff with a with a good unit, and it was a strong side. We, we were confident. We were we were um, we'd have run it close, but obviously, as it came, Dundee United were run away with it. But it's it's about learning from the mistakes we made, and, and obviously, come next season, we make sure we don't do them again, and um, we see where it takes us. But Finishing second, obviously, in the league because of the pandemic, but we were, we were going strong at that point and had full confidence in the, the squad to to, um, to take it to the playoffs. And you know what playoffs are like, they're, they're 50 50, but we had a strong team and we'd have fancied ourselves. 
We'll come back to Callie Thistle later in the podcast because you've had an eventful season um, at Inverness, to say the least. Uh, I'm going to start by looking over your career. You came through the youth ranks at Celtic. Uh, what was it like coming up 2010-11, kind of roughly in the time scale? Uh, what was it like coming up through uh, the youth system at Celtic? Uh, obviously, when you look back at it now, at the stage of my career, it's um, it's an unbelievable like club. Um, just the, the facilities, the the platform they put you on, and and um, just just different about it. They've got obviously the best of the best. So for any young player out there, it's at Celtic as well. You you need to kind of grab it with both fans when you, when you're there because obviously when you leave a club like Celtic and, and go elsewhere, you don't get the same facilities. You don't get the same same like gym working and stuff like that. So it's it's. For me then, looking back now, I, I didn't know how lucky I was to have, to have the, the people around me and the, the facilities at my disposal. So it was a great place to, to obviously learn my football. Um, as an attacking player at Celtic, I was, it was about going attacking and, and scoring. So it was, it, was, it was a great place. Obviously, spent 10 years there coming through the youth and, and um, it, it definitely gave me a good, a good start to, to push on. We spoke to someone on the podcast a few weeks ago, Michael Gardine, who came through the youth system at Celtic and has gone on to have an incredible career at Ross County, especially. Um, when you talk about the facilities there at Celtic, I'd imagine that standards are a massive thing as well at a club like Celtic. And those standards, wherever you go after Celtic, if you stay on at Celtic or you go elsewhere, I'd imagine those standards stay with you. Uh, I think, obviously, the, the bit I took with me was... was a winning mentality it was it was just kind of drilled into it at a young age or before I joined Celtic it was always about getting out there bettering yourself and, and making sure the team won um, you were never it was never accepted to, to loss so that, that's something I definitely took took with me and I, I was doing everything, everything you could to obviously winning's not easy so and um it was just that that was the biggest thing I took from it. Um, leaving Celtic was, was trying to go somewhere and make sure I kept on winning games and and um, and doing my best for the team. Neil Lennon was the manager then. You, as we'll come on to talk about later in your career, reunite with Neil Lennon. Neil Lennon, that was well that roughly, you know, two thousand and nine. He was given the, the the job after Tony Mowbray left. Sorry, two thousand and ten. What was he like in the early stages as a manager? I'm assuming that you you came into contact with him on a few occasions. You were in the the first team squad and um, on a number of match days. But what was he like in those early stages as a manager? Um, demanding. Um, he was obviously he's, he just wants to win. He's he's a serial winner. He's he's just that's what he doesn't. At that time, I think it was just basically. Uh, he, he didn't bother about the tactics and stuff like that. He wasn't massive on on shape and stuff. He, he believed in his players. If he set the right, right team out, he would go and win it. Um, it was very, very demanding. Um, standards, keeping the ball. I used to we used to do boxes before before training, and he'd been he'd been doing it with you, and he never ever lost the ball. Even when he was retired, and you're looking at him, you think to yourself, like, he's retired, and I'm in here. Chasing trying to get the ball back off him, know what I mean? But it was um he had these standards where if you had the ball then they couldn't hurt you and he um always in impossible areas and that always demanded you to keep it no matter what and it was um it was it was obviously the start of his his career there, so I think for for then to obviously the, the time I spent with him at, at Habs it, it was a wee bit different and and um, but he's 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 obviously still learning now and yeah, he's becoming a top manager. He sends you out to loan on loan to St Johnston and, and Hamilton. You're released by by Celtic, 2003, and you end up back at Hamilton, um, and spend a, a, a season with Hamilton in the in the Championship, and it's a, quite an incredible season as well. Dundee win the league. Hamilton finished yep. two points behind Dundee that season. You end up in the playoffs, but were you? And one. On one hand, were you gutted to miss out on on winning the title? 
you obviously do win promotion, but were you gutted in winning, uh, gutted in losing out on winning the title? Because if I remember rightly, Hamilton were the the kind of flair side that season, and Alex Neil had you playing some real good stuff. Yeah, we, we had a, a very good side, very strong, um, hard working team. Like Alex Neil was all about hard work, pressing, um, high intensity. So every training session was. Really, really intense, um, but it, it paid off for us. We, we took it into a Saturday. We, we pressed teams high up the pitch. We, our back line was was something I noticed a lot. Like we, our back four used to be inside the opponent's half at times. We had them pinned in because we knew like, certain teams they wouldn't wouldn't get away with away with a long ball and stuff like that. So it was it was an interesting, it was a, a, an early learning experience for me, um, and obviously. The way Alec Neil was as well, um, he was he's similar to Neil Lennon, a proper winner, but a mm-hmm. proper hard worker, very, very serious person. Um, but obviously, we did a great side, and it went to the last day. Obviously, Dundee won at home; they had to win, and um, they done it. But we fully, fully believed that we could could beat Hibs, and obviously, in the first game in the playoffs, they they won two 0 and. And Jason obviously scored the two goals, and um, but even at that stage, we we um, I think it was the, the comments Jason made after the game kind of rolled the changing room, and it was it showed the character it was in there to um, bounce back for two 0 and go Easter Road, tough place to go, and and overturn it. There's a there's a really nice Highland connection in those playoffs because Terry Butcher left Cali Thistle that season. He left him in the November of that season, and I think a lot of people up here watched on with interest to what he would do at Hibs, and and it ended in in horror for him and everyone concerned at, at Hibs when they win the playoffs. Sorry, when they win the first leg two 0 as you rightly mentioned at New Douglas Park. I think a lot of folk were thinking that, oh well, that that ties over Hibs are Hibs are safe type thing. But lo and behold, Hamilton go Easter Road. Did Alex Neil and yourself, I mean, you're saying there that Jason Cummings, his post-match comments fired you on, but did you have real belief that you could go Easter Road and, and overturn them? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That was the, the kind, of, kind of team we had, um, kind of old-school kind of players, and, and um, they were just dogged and, and hard-working, and we would just believe, like, if we went out, on that game and, and um, outworked them and there wasn't much in the game in the, f- the first one we had our chances we didn't take um, obviously Jason took the two and I think that uh, like, you know, from the, the first one and then obviously the comments after it and, and stuff like that and coming to training I can always mind us talking about it and stuff like there wasn't a, a kind of feeling we had given up or we didn't believe it, it was always um, one of the ones where we go we're going to give it our best shot and we believed in the way we played and we went out there and done it. Alex Neil, was he still playing that season as well? Was he still playing in the team? Not as regular as he maybe did, but was he still playing? Yeah, uh, he was um, He was still... I think when he took the job, he, he kind of took his cell out of the team. Right. Um, but he was, he was a top player. Like uh, I never knew he was as good as what he was in the end, until I started, actually started training and, and playing with him. Um, it was. Um, I, th- I thought, obviously, after playing when and now in my career, like I, I thought he could have played well much. Obviously, bigger club in Hamilton. Um, he was. He was top class to be fair, and that was later on in his career as well. Just before, obviously, before he went into the management side. So, um, but that season, he was. He'd bring himself on a bit if needed or if the team needed him. But he, he relied on the boys. He, he believed in the boys and and took himself out most of the time. He's went on to have a really impressive managerial career down south as well. That that game at Easter Road, you were on the bench that day. Now it's well, it's a it's a funny story because you go on to have a spell with Hibs later on in your career, which we'll touch on, and you have tremendous success at Easter Road. But when you're on the bench that day, the atmosphere amongst the home supporters must have been. Well, it must have been vitriolic. There, there was a lot of abuse aimed towards the, the home dugout, especially. But did you get a sense that things weren't well behind the scenes at Easter Road? Definitely, definitely. Um, it was uh, obviously after the final whistle had went, and um, 
obviously we were celebrating and, and stuff. You could see the fans, like the anger and frustration towards. You, you could hear it near the end of the game, and and um, but after the game, the scenes after it, we uh, we couldn't get out of the stadium because we were blocked in. The fans were at the front, Jeez. the car park at the other side of the stadium. The fans had obviously trapped their own players in, and <laughs> it was um, it was it was quite scary scenes. Um, but um, yeah, you could tell at that point they were abs were at a, a major low as a as a club, and um, that was. It was, it was quite scary to see, eh? Now, Hamilton are heading for the Premiership after winning the playoff, but you're heading back to the Championship and you you joined Hearts that summer. What? How easy a decision was that to join Hearts, given the fact that you'd just gained promotion to the, the, the Premiership with Hamilton? And how did that move come about? Um, obviously, I had been offered... Obviously, my contract was up at Hamilton. I'd been offered um, an off contract... And um, I got the phone call from my agent, and he says I've just had um, Craig O'Brien on the phone. Um, Hearts are interested in signing you, and I was like, I thought he was taking the Mickey to start with. <laughs> so I didn't believe, obviously, at that point. Obviously, I had a, a really good season. I kind of tailed off near the end of the season, scoring wise. I started playing a different position, so I, if I had this. I'd stuck out I thought I could move would I came up um, but obviously when it came in my agent phoned I said are you interested I had a couple of other kind of offers and that for me that was that was massive um, and I was just straight away I was like yeah definitely I definitely want to go let's um, obviously see what they they, they, they offer and, and stuff like that so it was it was a simple decision for me I, I looked at the was obviously they were in the championship, um, but at that time it was um, it was only only way up for for Hearts at that point. It was the negative was kind of over, and it was a new group to come in, and myself as well. It was um, going to be all positive for then on, and for me it was a no-brainer. Robbie Nielsen had pulled together. Some, some made some great signings that summer and, and had pulled together a really good team. Were you surprised at the at the quality when you walked in? Given that you know that summer, Hearts had been relegated at the end of the the season where Hamilton gained promotion. But were you surprised to see just how good a, a squad was in place at Tynecastle? Yeah, obviously, every club is hard taking a rebuild and and um, it's a tough job for, but. Hats off to, to Robbie and, and Craig. They, they built a, a really really good team for that that season. Um, one of the best teams I've played in. And um, throughout the, the back to front, we had a lot of quality, um, a lot of characters, and and um, and top players. So it was a, a squad that was obviously going into that season. We weren't we weren't as as favourites. Um, Rangers were tipped as favourites as well, and. I think um, we set we set it straight at the start. Like we put ourselves down as we wanted to to go out there and um, improve. We were we were the best team in the league, and that's what we done that that season. You scored eleven goals for Hearts that season. Your first was actually a hat trick uh, away at Starks Park, Wraith Rovers away. A sweet moment for you getting your first goals, and especially a hat trick for Hearts. I definitely. Um, it was kind of a tough pre-season. Um, it was one of the hardest I had done. I struggled through it. Um, the runs and, and stuff like that <laughs> are very tough. So, um, as most 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 players know me, um, I wasn't uh, the greatest at long distance runs, but <laughs> I got through them. It was probably one of the fittest I've been in my career getting through that pre-season. So it, it totally benefited me, and it just took me obviously a wee bit longer to, to adjust. So obviously I had always been so in front of me as well, and. He was a top, top player, um, one of the best I've played with. Um, so I just had to be patient through pre-season and obviously get into the games. And obviously that was my, my first start. And obviously you couldn't make it any better of I've started the game and, and come away with, with a hat-trick. And that was the beginning of a, a good season for me. Now obviously I'm biased, as I explained off Mike I'm of Maroon Persuasion. What was it like playing for, because that season... Hearts were flying. What's it like playing for a big club, especially when they, you know, they, they get the big crowds and big results at Tynecastle? 
it's massive. Um, people have obviously asked me through the years, like, what motivates you? What's, what gives you that extra edge in a game and stuff like that? And it's the fans. The fans are massive. Um, I think that, that season, um, it, was, it was massive for us. We, we travelled, obviously, away from home and you'd have thought we were at home most games. Every, every stand was full of, full of Hearts fans. Unbelievable batting, obviously, at home. And 16,000. You couldn't ask for, for any more. And, and um, it, was, it was huge, obviously, the support they gave us and, and, and kicked us on. And, you know, at Tynecastle, it's like with the, the atmosphere, it's one of the, the best atmospheres in, in, in Scottish football. So it's, it was um, it was brilliant, the, the support we had. Now, as, we, as I mentioned, the season before, you narrowly miss out on a title winner's medal with Hamilton. Dundee win the league that year. Hearts win the title that year in, in pretty convincing fashion as well. Um, that's not me with my Hearts hat on either. It's it's a really heart, a dominant Hearts side, which, you know, as you rightly point out, Rangers and Hibs were in that division that year, but Hearts yeah. Hearts strolled it. How nice was a, a feeling that at the end of the season to get your hands on the, on the trophy and a, and a winner's medal? It was, it was very, very satisfying. Um it was probably like throughout the season we we trained a lot we done like treble sessions I don't think any other team had done it I'd never done it in my career up until I went to Hearts and um, we were training gym and then training doing a bit extra myself I'd be doing like striker work with Stevie Crawford and we'd done it most days and we only had like one day off a week we were in most days and it was um, it was a really tough training like season and um it was a lot, a lot of hard work put in, but it, it was paying off. So, as it showed in this season, obviously, the points we, we put in the table and where we finished, we kind of, kind of cruised that, that season as well. And, and um, at the start of the season, you look at the, as you said, the, the league with Hibs and, and Rangers in it. And obviously, Rangers were made out to be the strongest team and, and favourite. So, it showed how, how good a team we had. and the work it was put in behind the scenes and to build it and in the season we had it, it was a very satisfying season at the end of it. Am I right in saying that you signed a, a two-year deal with Hearts? Because I, I was quite surprised to see it was a two-year deal because you were released in that summer by Hearts. Were you surprised when, when you got that kind of call from Robbie or, or Craig Levine um, to, to say you were, you were released? I wasn't actually released. This is this okay, is okay. one I'd said in an interview. The story behind it was going near the end of the season, if you can remember. Um, my minutes started going down near the last few games and and stuff like that. So I ended up like I was getting frustrated. I had a good a good season and um, absolutely loved it. You'd have seen yourself every time I played. I, mm-hmm. I gave a hundred percent and for the team and, and the club. So I um, I, I went in and asked Robbie. For a chat, I had a chat with him, sat down, I said, obviously I've signed a two year contract near the end of the season, my, my, my minutes, my chances have they I've started dropping, so I was just wondering what's going on for next season. Um and I was told there'd be two new strikers coming in and I'd be fourth choice. And for me I, I wasn't happy with it. And most players wouldn't have been um I didn't mind obviously I was so starting ahead with me and obviously Osdorp came in and he was scoring goals at that point but Osdorp wasn't going to be there this season after that so what it was is I had obviously said to Robbie I, I don't believe in like, two players coming into the club having put a jersey on I know the pressures of this club with the fans and the expectations and stuff like that how do you know these two players are going to come in and, and flop um, so how can I be fourth choice when they haven't put a jersey on or, or stepped foot in this stadium or, or, or this pitch yet so it kind of went that kind of way and after that conversation I kind of spoke to my agent and I said I wanted to leave um, but Robbie had obviously they, want, they wanted to keep me but for me at that stage in my career two good seasons and I wanted to go and, and play and, and keep playing as much minutes as I could and and playing strong teams so for me that was the, the kind of end of it I'd met Robbie a, a week or two after that at, in Glasgow I sat down kind of spoke again and and, um, and tried to kind of turn that around but for me after that meeting I valued myself a bit more and what I'd done for the club that season and, 
it wasn't the one I, I wanted to leave. It was one of the ones where I had to put myself and my career first, and I couldn't. Um, like obviously, two players came in from nowhere who I hadn't heard. Of. Obviously, kind of had had the rumour of Gavin Riley coming in, and mm-hmm. I'd said to Rob, but I thought to myself, and I told him, um, I believe I'm a better player than Gavin Riley at that stage of my career. And for me to get told when somebody's coming in and and going ahead of me straight away didn't sit well with me so that's how it it came about about me leaving the club I think Wanma was the other one as well is that right Wanwan Gavin yeah, Wanma yeah. yeah. yep. um, now I'm trying to think that there's no too many players have played for Hearts and Hibs and won trophies you won a, a league titles winners medal with Hearts and Hibs you moved to Hibs in that summer there's no too many players that cross the capital divide and and are are liked by both set of supporters but you somehow managed it but did you have any well I was going to say doubts obviously you didn't because you believed in your abilities but did you have any worries that perhaps going to going to Hibs as a an ex-Hearts player you know that kind of did that doubt ever creep in that you might not be taken on by the supporters yeah totally um, I knew Obviously, speaking to a few people um, before the move and, and stuff like that, asking the questions, and I knew there was going to be a bit of a, a backlash from it. And um, it was one of the, one of the ones where I had Premier League. I, I nearly signed for well, obviously that was um, I nearly signed for Kilmarnock um, the day before I signed for Hibs. So it was that was I'd done my medical there. But Gary Locke was the manager at the time, mm-hmm. and and um, it was one of the ones where. I weighed it up and the best boys for me at that, that time and you look at the Kilmarnock team that year they, they weren't an attacking team so it wasn't going to suit me at all um, whereas they had they had were a strong strong team they were still building and and um, for me that was the best boys for, for me to go and it was one I, I grabbed with both hands so I think you can say with hindsight you made a, a much better decision going to Easter Road than than rugby park because that season your first season at the club you win you win two trophies in your spell at, at Hibs you have a tremendous season in the first season it's the season that every Hibs fan will will talk about forever more now I want I want to get your yeah. I want to get your opinions on this because Alan Stubbs had put together a a really good really good team really good squad I mean there's some tremendous players in there John McGinn for example is the 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 kind of standout player who's now going on to play for Aston Villa. Uh, uh, down south in the Premier League but Hibs lose the League Cup final to Ross County that year we had Michael Gardine on talking about that a few weeks ago when you lose that League Cup final and then you score two that night at the Falkirk Stadium but Hibs losing the playoffs to Falkirk when you lose against Falkirk and you lose to Ross County in the League Cup final you've got a Scottish Cup final weeks, weeks later against Rangers but are you feeling the pressure because there's a lot of pressure on Hibs and the Scottish Cup but for that season to have lost a cup final to a, okay, they were a premiership team, but they were a team that Hibs, you know, might have um, beaten, and then a playoff. Were you feeling the pressure that season? Definitely going to the, the, the Scottish Cup final. Um, obviously, the disappointment and not going up, um, plus losing the cup final, and then it's gonna. It was turning from a, a, it could have been a great season to a kind of not so good season. So it was you could you could feel the pressure, but the lead up to the Scottish final was was um, the fans were it was crazy before it. Um, how much fans were talking about it and um, they were making out like what it meant to them and stuff like that. For me, I didn't know how much it actually would have meant to them um, until obviously after it and you see it with your own eyes and realise how big it actually was so in the lead up to it it was like you're taking in all of the kind of comments and, and what people are saying and, and um, boys in the changing room and, and stuff like that for, for most days in the changing room it was we wanted to, to do it for the fans obviously coming off of two disappointments the playoffs and the last cup final so it was a chance to, to, to make it right and we knew obviously playing Rangers in that season we Twice they'd beat us twice, but we were just as strong as them, and and um, we had it was we had a massive chance of doing it. So leading into it, the the pressure was on, but we we hadn't um, let our heads drop. 
Right, let's talk about this cup final because as someone who, as I said earlier on, um, supports the other half of Edinburgh, it's probably my least favourite Scottish Cup final of all time, but it's your favourite. 65 minutes gone, you come on as a as a second half sub, Rangers had just scored to make it 2-1, is it fair to say you changed the cup final? I could say that, aye. <laughs> nah. Um, nah, coming on, obviously, I was I was getting told the tactics at the halfway line as, as Andy had scored, so I was thinking to myself, like, obviously, at one each, come on, make an impact. Kinda, it was a kind of even game. Rangers had more of possession, but they weren't really kind of hurting us or, or creating many chances. But when Andy Hardy scored and I was coming on, I just thought to myself, like, Gone here. I had noticed Jason and Stokes had kept coming to the ball um, when I was sitting at the side. So I thought to myself, I go on, just try, try and stretch it again, open it up for, for more space for the midfielders or, or Stokes to be able to drop in. So I came on, made a few runs in behind, and it kind of started making them drop off. Danny Wilson was at the back, and I knew Danny off the heart. So mm-hmm. I knew I kind of try and get in behind them and. And, um, and lead them back away so I managed to work on that, that kind of case but the final went on and obviously see the, the two goals for, for Stokes and then the one for, for Dave in the, the last minute so it was it was um, a surreal moment and um, the best obviously moment in my career like game I've played in and, and best memory in my career so far so it was um, a day and a week after that to, to remember <laughs> it, it- it pains me to to watch the, but I did it. I did it in the name of research. It pains me to watch that winner, but I watched it last night. Um, only thirty seconds, right enough. But just actually, the, just to remind myself of the, the scenes when uh, Sir David, Sir David Gray. I can't believe I've said that. Uh, David Gray scores. These see, I, I grew up in a family hippies. You see, so they, they've influenced me. Um, but actually, the, the corner kick in the lead up to it, the the ball going against. I think it's Anthony Stokes. Goes goes for goal and Fotheringham gets a touch on it. You're not too far yeah. away. You mean if you you're, you're almost nah, almost there, you know. I watched it back. I hadn't actually watched the game back, like the full game. So I watched it back there on the date um, a few weeks ago, and it was I, I can mind that a bit when it went by. It was like inches at the mm-hmm. time, and I see it back to myself. Well, I just stick your head out, but obviously it goes out for the corner, and they end up scoring. So. <laughs> um, but that was that was um, a close one at that that stage. But it's one that just had, just had flashed by too quick. If I remember right from watching it uh, just there, now correct me if I'm wrong. But when the, the the goal goes in, I think everyone goes across to Liam Henderson. Are you running the other way? There's someone running away to the other the other corner flag. Is that is that you? Uh, I am. Um, that's when I get reminded about. Um, Every so often, it was just obviously when the goal went in, um, I just kind of get lost in the moment. And um, I, I just ran the opposite way for the way Dave and the rest of the boys had went. I just obviously realised that when I got to the kind of corner flag and turned down, they they had went the opposite way. So I had to jog all the way back across. And by the time I get back to the halfway line after celebrating, I was absolutely knackered. And obviously, there was a, a minute after it going, you knew Rangers were going to pile the pressure on. So I was absolutely blown, but we managed to get over the line. And, and um, it was an unbelievable day and one that's went down in the history books. Talk to us about when the final whistle goes. Obviously, the, the, the scenes that. I don't think we've seen it at a Scottish Cup final for many a time. I mean, obviously there's a kind of pitch invasion and, and things like that. Yeah. And I've got family members who've got selfies on the pitch and all that kind of stuff. When that final whistle goes, talk to us about the the scenes because there's there's probably grown men around you crying, you know, um, and, and players in that Hibs squad as well that were massive Hibs fans, you know, the likes of Paul Hanlon, Lewin Stevenson, uh, Darren McGregor, big Hibs supporters in that squad as well. Talk to us about the scenes just after the final whistle and, and when you head up to collect the Scottish Cup. The final whistle goes, it's the space of 30 seconds, the pitch is, the pitch is covered, you can't see anything <laughs> but supporters and um, some, of the, some of the faces that I've seen and remember was like grown men just on their knees crying their eyes out and picking, pick, 
bits of the pitch up, putting it in their pockets, and then actually two of my mates that were in the stand, they um, were on the pitch, you know, I managed to bump into them, so two of my best mates standing on the pitch and end up, it was the two of them who kind of carried me to the tunnel because I, I couldn't get through it at that, that point, and, and um, I was just crazy, like crazy scenes to be able to like, witness, obviously, right in front of your eyes, and it was um, for the comments before the game, and not like proper believing how big it was going to be to seeing yep. what it actually meant was was unbelievable. And um, for a football player, you want to see at the end of games, fans celebrating and happy. And that moment, that moment was um, unbelievable to see for for every obviously everyone delighted to have and obviously it was for us players as well after the, the cup final and the playoffs to, to give them that moment but that moment was, wasn't was something small it was the biggest moment that they'll talk about for a good few years and they're still talking about it as well but never mind the celebrations <laughs> afterwards um, again I've, I've you know I've 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 seen lots of of images and and, and videos and stuff. I mean, it looked like a a massive party. But I want to get your 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 feelings. We've spoken to a few guys on 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 the podcast about Scottish Cup celebrations afterwards. We had a lot of guys, James Vincent on last week, talking about the scenes in Inverness the day after Cali Thistle won the Scottish Cup. We had Mark Ridges talking about going to the city chambers and going back to Tynecastle with hearts. Hibs, I mean that those were special scenes collecting the Scottish Cup at the City Chambers and going all the way down Leith Walk. I mean Leith is ingrained in uh, in, in, in the Hibs the, the kind of Hibs fabric, but but going down on a sunny day down Leith Walk, what was that like on that open top bus? You couldn't I've never seen so many many fans obviously follow a bus, so for me, um when we left the, the City Chambers I didn't see any pavement at all for, for all the way to the, the bus stop to the, the park and it was unbelievable um, people up lampposts singing out the top of flats on roofs so passionate and, and enjoying ourselves as I said like this is that's what you want to give them you want to give them these days and, and see them so happy and and that's all that, that, that's a, the best bit about football like when, when um, you can give the supporters something something back and something to enjoy and for me, like the days where the the open top bus was something I don't I don't think I'll see again. I I still wish so obviously I go and win something else again and and um, be able to come close to it. But for me, the day were it was unbelievable. I can't put words into mm-hmm. I can't say any words to dis- describe like on the bus going down and you see some of the pictures they get across the bridge and then down through relief and it was just crazy the amount of fans and, and people that were on the street that day Talking of words I don't know if you knew them before but I bet you certainly know every word to Sunshine or Leith now I sure do I, um, <laughs> it's a, obviously growing up a Celtic fan I, I um, obviously walk alone um, was, was, mm-hmm. was the song but the cup final in, in the stadium was was um, it was unbelievable. Um, I watched that back a, a few weeks ago again. I'm, I'm sitting on the couch with Can I go spumps watching it? So it was, um, it was, it was unbelievable. It's a, a great song, obviously. As a Hearts fan, you've heard it a few times at Easter Road after games, and so ah, unfortunately, I should have been away. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, um, trying to run out, trying um, to run out. Aye. It's, um, it's, it's a, a top song, aye. Now, um, well, I can't believe I've just talked to someone about the 2016 Scottish Cup final for more than a minute, so that's um, I've surprised myself this afternoon. Um, James Neil Lennon, as we talked about at the very start, he joins the club in that in that summer. Alan Stubbs moves on. Were you surprised to see Alan Stubbs leave so soon after that Scottish Cup final win? Yeah, definitely. Um, obviously, there's still a job to be done to to get us out of the championship, and obviously after. I'm, Winning the Scottish Cup, Cup final. Um, he was a great manager, um, great man manager. He was very close to the boys. Um, I'd go out a night out and I'd bout with us and, and stuff like that. So he, he was really tight to us. Um, he was a, a bit of a mate as well as a, as a manager, but when it, it came serious, he, he had the serious side to him. So he had a good balance and he was really well respected 
throughout the full team. So it was um, it was a sad one to see him go, but obviously Neil Lennon coming in, I was had experienced him for a year or two when I get moved up to the he moved me up to the first team. So it's Celtic. So I knew what knew what was coming in. He was, he's got that kind of presence about him when he walks into a room the room will go silent so I can always mind the, the first day he came in and I'd say to the boys I'm like this the way he is he's, he's proper serious he's you'll know it straight away so he'd go in the media room and he's walked in and, and boys are, he's went morning boys and none of the boys have kind of said it and he's just kind of shouted that morning boys <laughs> so everyone's answered and that was the kind of start there but that was his way of managing he was he was um, he had the power and he had that about him where he was weird and he knew I had it and it worked perfectly for him. As I say, I've got I know a lot of Hibs fans, Hibs fans in my family, and they kinda they say the difference between a Neil Lennon Hibs team is the well, Neil Lennon's Derby record, for example, was was, was great uh, in uh, in the seasons to come. But that season, as you talked about there, he's a real serial winner. And him stroll yep. to that championship victory that season again. That must have been a a, a real highlight for you. Yeah, obviously Neil Lennon was a, a total winner. Um, wasn't massive in tactics. Stubbs had done obviously tactics and stuff like that, and, and shape and that before games and, and things like that. Um, he was massive. And Neil Lennon was baby. He loved his set set pieces um, and and stuff like that. But that was that kind of one. But Four games and that the biggest thing for me I always take away from Martin when he went was his um, the motivation he gave you mm-hmm. his team talks before games he could motivate you get the back garden and then run about crazy but he was he was um, top notch at, at motivating you for for any game and um, that was that was massive for him and um, obviously when he came in they knew he had a good squad to to work with and. He kind of added the winning winning mentality to to the squad where we had slipped up the season before and come through that season um, with a few bumps in the road and he was hard on us but coming out of it it worked, it worked um, beneficial for us and for the team. Yeah, you win another championship winners medal that season. You move to Dundee United and then you move on to Hamilton. I want to talk to you because you're back at Hamilton for a second spell. But you're playing yeah. for Hamilton in the Premiership. Now you've obviously, you know, got two winners' medals in your back pocket, a Scottish Cup winners' medal uh, as well. But finally, playing in the Premiership for Hamilton was that a, was that a good feeling? It was a strange one. Um, obviously, leaving Hibs to go to Dundee United was wasn't the best time. Um, obviously, I got offered the two-year contract. Um, for Hibs and I turned it down and, and um, signed for Dundee United and looking back obviously you, you look back and certain things it was it was um, a moment where I wish I'd seeked help for obviously my mental state at that point and, mm-hmm. and um, the way I was suffering and I had a massive play on why I, why I moved on and try to get a fresh start and, and, and inject a bit of motivation and buzz into myself and it was one of the things that I wish I had um, stepped out and for anyone who's, who's suffering um, to, to, um, to not let it build up to, to speak straight away but it was it was one of the things I, I look back and I wish I'd, I'd, I'd obviously done myself a bit sooner so but moving to Dundee United I kind of had a nightmare season where I ended up getting an operation in my hip it was um, stop goal for the very start to, to the to last day at Dundee United where it was a transfer window in um, the last day and I managed to get the move to Hamilton where I was back down the road and with my family close to me and stuff so it helped in that sense but I knew it was going to be tough um, obviously Hamilton weren't the attacking team they weren't as strong as what the, the team was I played in before so it was going to be tough and obviously it was Premier League so it was a, a as people say, I step up. So, um, but I enjoyed it. To be fair, um, I came back. Obviously, Martin Cannon um, signed me. He ended up getting leaving halfway through season, and um, Chipper had come in, and, and um, Chipper was top coach, and he came in and they brought George Oakley from Dunfermline at the time, mm-hmm. and he kind of stepped in, and I was obviously 
it changed the way I was playing for Hearts to Hibs. I started obviously at Hearts, I was more of a kind of poacher striker kind of player, whereas when I went to Hibs, Stubbsy changed me to number 10 and and Lenny had, had um, kept playing me in the number 10 as well, but in occasions would play me as, as a striker, so it kind of changed for me. I had learned a new position, went to Ham when I was playing the number 10 and was kind of back against the walls at most games and and that sort of it was difficult um, for going for the seasons before where you're winning week in week out you're in the front foot you're getting chances you're creating you're seeing a different side of the game for me I was I was um, drawing them in trying to defend in midfield and and tracking and, and stuff like that so it was different it was a, another learning experience for me and, and um, but come the end of that season um, I knew I wasn't going to play I had chats with Chipper and and um, obviously brought a couple of new boys in and they were going to play and I totally understood that he wanted a, a bigger striker and a bigger front two and and that and he's done well he's done a great job here since he's went in so um, Robbo had come in for me in the January but I couldn't play for obviously three clubs in the the one year one season mm-hmm. so I had to wait to the end of the season to to um, obviously join. Join Inverness. Yeah, you joined Inverness, Cali Thistle, in the in last summer. How are you enjoying your your spell so far in the Highlands? Um, loving it. To be honest, this has been the the best year in the last year. To be honest, um, back enjoying football. Um, boys and that are brilliant. The manager, obviously, I've had a close relationship with him since I was at Hearts. So mm-hmm. I've always kept in contact. Um, he's been uh, my friend up until obviously signed and he's my manager now so he's um, he's been top notch with us and the boys as well so they're welcome to probably in, um, in a tough pre-season and we moved on from that obviously I picked up a wee injury at the wrong stage at the start of the season against Morton where I'd come off obviously scoring two and then picked up injury in training kind of put a wee kind of stall in it I take kind of take five, six weeks out and, and um, with my ankle and it wasn't an easy one to come back from obviously having the fitness of getting through the first pre-season in a few years so I felt felt really good I felt really confident and the biggest part for me I was I was enjoying it I was putting my smile on my face again and, and um, I had that hunger in my, my stomach so it was a, an obstacle to come over for me um, that injury and to get back to the team so for me um, this season's been been a very enjoyable one obviously up until um, the situation we're in the now and, but I'm looking forward to obviously getting back amongst it and, and um, seeing another, another year at Inverness Robbo as you mentioned there you knew him from Hearts we've had a lot of current Cali Thistle players as well as a lot of former Cali Thistle players who have played under Robbo mainly in his, his first spell at the club but that what they always say is he's so enthusiastic as well. That must be a real pleasure, you know, coming into work every day and having someone that, that's so enthusiastic and so driven as John Robertson. Yeah, definitely. You look at the the, um, the season before I was here, and that the way he's built the team and what he's done it with and and stuff like that. He's he's a top manager. He's a top coach as well. So he's he comes in. He's he's happy. He's a smile on his face. He's always buzzing about and and, um, and getting the boys going and stuff like that so he's he's top notch as a, as a person and as a coach so he's um, obviously for me he's a, an attacking player a striker and that he's always letting me know how many goals he's scored and, <laughs> and, and stuff like that how many I'm behind him so but he's always he's, he's, he's setting targets for boys to, to hit him as well what I like I personally like he's um set our targets at the start of the season and and um, it was kind of a good thing to have and, but he believes in the squad he had and, and the one he built and built a good team this year but obviously going into next season we've, a few boys have gone and mm-hmm. he's got that job to do again and he's done it before so the club fully believe in him and the boys are still here believe in him he'll, he'll build another good team and we'll go on to hopefully challenge again next season well, yeah, he's he's kind of year on year improved. 
Cali Thistle since he's been back in his in his second spell and everyone knows what he did at the, the club in his first spell. But just to touch on the, the record of goals there, he, you've scored seven this season. He hasn't scored any this season, so you're ahead of him on that. That's true, actually. You're I ahead of him on that scale. There you go. <laughs> um, you, you hit the headlines for um, a strange or a, a, a strange circumstance reason, if you like, this, this year. You were setting off against Rangers Colts and the the clip of that sending off has got well it went viral. Are you surprised at the re- the reaction that that got? I mean, it kind of went worldwide. There was newspapers in Europe talking about it. Gary Lineker was tweeting about it, for example. Are you surprised that that kind of just uh, that crazy decision went went all over the place? <sighs> the decision, um, obviously, everybody's seen what what the decision was, and. Yeah. Um, it's just one of the ones where, to this day, like, I'm glad the way, the, um, the way I stood up and just walked straight off, I smile on my face, but it kind of went against me because mm-hmm. after I had got up and walked off, the assistant says, well, he didn't argue it, so he must have dived. So I thought to myself, so for a player to do the right thing and not confront a referee has went against me. Then that was something I look back and I think to myself, oh, I'm going to need to confront if it ever happens again. But I hope, obviously, that never ever comes comes round. But it was um, for the moment, obviously, the, the world scene, the, the um, what it was. It wasn't wasn't a dive. I feel like it took out the game, and and then, but it's, it's uh, I'm just glad, obviously, it got overturned and the second time around. But and um, obviously the cup final. I don't know what will mm-hmm. happen with that, but I've always sort of read that they do definitely want to play it, and hopefully it does go ahead, and I'll actually play a part in it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, sure, I'm sure that'll be on the the agenda as is football, and we hope that we can get back to some sense of normality and get Cali Thistle at playing again and yourself, James. It's been an absolute pleasure to to chat to you. You've had a, as I say, a colourful career right at the start, and and who knows next season when that gets going again add to your your trophy collection and the colours of blue and red as well hopefully definitely that's my my aim and my targets to to add another another trophy and another medal so hopefully um, I do that before my career's over so that's a that's a target and we'll see what happens but thanks very much for for having me on um, loved it so great Pleasure, James. Thanks very much for that.